0: Welcome to the Zero Hoots podcast. We're here in Sunnyvale, the backyard, the venue of many of Three Pac's infamous videos, like Three Pac style. I'm swaggin', um, and we're here. Ebola's hoot. Ebola's hoot. And we're here with Julia, his younger sister, who um, not only helped him perform. Sorry, helped him film a lot of his music videos, but she's also been a Hootless Warrior, has embodied the message, and um, is here today to talk about growing up with Ryan um, and the Hootless movement. So, thanks for joining the podcast, Julia.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I guess first question here: What a, uh, you know, what's your like? Do you have any memories that just pop out growing up with Ryan, and you know, anything you want to start with?
1: Hmm. Well, I mean, the first story that comes to mind and the one I shared at his vigil is the one where a guy was being a jerk to me and like started a rumor about me at school. And I told Ryan, and he went to his house and knocked on the front door and told Ryan, I mean, Ryan told him that he better leave me alone and tell everyone stuff wasn't true, otherwise he'd regret it. And then next thing you know, everything dropped and then maybe a couple years later Ryan texted me that he egged him and I thought he meant his house but he saw the guy walking down the street and he threw an actual egg at him and it hit him <laughs> so that did shows I... the type of brother that Ryan was.
0: Yeah did, was he um, like was he pretty protective or like what, like what do you think it was about him that, that made him do that?
1: He was protective I think he always wanted the best for me and he, yeah, he was definitely, I don't know, just cared a lot about me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, kind of going in more into that, Do you like what do you think even like, you know, spawned or like started that sort of reaction? Like where where was that coming from internally within, within him, do you think?
1: Well, I think just growing up with a little sister, you feel like, it's your role to protect her and um, I don't know and being a guy you know the way guys think and you're like oh no like got to protect my sister from these guys and just want what's best for them and when you're a little bit older you know a little bit more about the world so
0: yeah and you guys went to the same middle school and elementary school or is that yeah right?
1: we went to West Valley I remember I remember sitting on the playground on the top of something you climbed onto and watching him and his friends like Doug and I forget who else play football or play games on the grass, and I would just watch them. I also yeah. remember hanging out in this in this backyard. I don't know if you know about this, but you and Ryan and your friends would be in that hot tub, and yeah. I would hang out behind that bush really? and eavesdrop.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. What were we talking about? What- <laughs>
1: <laughs> just, <laughs> just, lurking in the bush. just lurking in the bush i was always just so curious what my older brothers were up to and yeah just hearing you talk about i don't know paintball and girls and dodging the poe and yeah all that stuff <laughs> that's
0: funny did, like when you were going to school with them like did uh did you see like any side of I mean, we know, like, he created 3Pac as a character, but, like, did you see any side of 3Pac or any side of, like, Zero Hoots early on, like, his mantra Zero Hoots? Did he embody that when he was going to school with you? Or?
1: I don't know if he embodied it when he was young. I almost, I, I feel like it came out later. Like, I, 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 I don't know if Ryan did give hoots previously and it caused him suffering and that led, led him to shed his hoots and let go of the suffering. I do know that Ryan, a lot of my friends thought Ryan, like, kids in the neighborhood thought Ryan was really cool and funny, and Ryan always had a lot of friends, and people say that he was sometimes kind of like a class clown, like, making people laugh and stuff, but I didn't fully see that side.
0: Yeah. hmm Did he ever get in trouble when you were in school with him, or was, was he pretty much, like, he he was, like, kind of funny and a jokester, or, like, what?
1: I think he, he was funny and a jokester. I don't think he... I don't think he got in trouble, what I heard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't go to high school with him. Just It was just elementary school. Elementary,
0: yeah, elementary and middle school.
1: Yeah, so I don't think he was getting in trouble.
0: Yeah. Um, I, you know, I guess, kind of changing gears here, the first video ever on World Star, I'm swagging. Uh-huh. You're, can you tell us a story about, like, why you filmed that, how that even happened, what... What's the whole story behind that video and you and you filming it for him?
1: Well, I don't remember the details perfectly. I remember Ryan wanting me to help him out with a video. And I was busy with stuff. And at that point, I was kind of like, what is going on? <laughs> My friends would text me and be like, your brother's YouTube videos are so funny. And there's a type of thing where all of a sudden one day I just went on YouTube and I saw his video and it was the one where three pacos to the gym and has a protein shake and washes it down with some coca-cola and a 40 yeah and i just had no idea about this character and then i see that and i'm like yeah (laughs) does he really do that is this a joke (laughs) like
0: Yeah, yeah so
1: confused and then that music video i remember thinking it was pretty funny and um and then where he told me if i recorded it for him too he would give me a ride. To a party, or pick me up from a party, or something, and there's a bet we, there's a deal we had, so I recorded it. But we had a good time recording it. and I remember him being in the pool in his blow-up floaty and shooting hoops and throwing the three up in the air and. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, what were you thinking while you were filming it? Were you like, I mean, it's funny how he like first of all bribed you to film it with giving yeah. you a ride, but. Like, what, what was going through your mind? Were you just like, this is kind of weird, but we're just going to, you know, go with it? Or like, <laughs> what were you thinking of?
1: I was thinking that it was just so random and so funny and just kind of, like, my brother's really unique and I've never seen a video like this and mm-hmm. not, at that point I... Yeah, I don't I don't think I fully got it the amount of people he was helping. I thought it was more like him having fun and just posting ridiculous videos and making people laugh. But I don't think I got to the full extent that it it was helping people.
0: Yeah, as it so as it continued after that video, he got on world so He got some more followers and he kind of just kept going for it and making more world star mm-hmm. videos. Like, what did you, um, like, yeah, like, did, well, you, did you see him, like, change anyway, or like, what was it like kind of being, growing up with him as he went through this, this rise?
1: Well, I think Ryan's the type of person, he was, where, he was very, he kept to himself a lot, like, he'd be in his room on the computer always, and he'd walk in, and he'd just be like, what's up, and... It was kind of hard to crack him open sometimes. Some of my favorite memories with him are where we'd, like my friend Stephanie Sherp, we'd go to the park and hang out and um, just talk. And he would explain more the message behind 3 Park and tell me about fans that had really connected to a story or people couples that had met through the Zero Hoots gang and how happy they were and um, yeah but there's definitely a point where there's one point where Ryan was in the beginning and he was doing a lot of trolling and going for any sort of attention whether bad or good is, is good because it's getting him momentum and Ryan would tell me you can't tell anyone I'm your brother yeah. because they might do something to you and um, you have to be careful because he had a lot of people that didn't like him, and that for me was sometimes um, it's just hard to understand sometimes. I didn't really get the whole YouTube world.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I noticed that too. He kind of became like more paranoid. Yeah, he definitely became he was more paranoid. Becoming more famous, and he did. A, I mean, he did a really good job of keeping his like whole family and his private life really separate from Three Pac. Yeah, which is good and. He was getting a lot of threats on YouTube, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I mean, I mean, people behind their keyboard just saying mean things to you, like they're like the last people who are actually going to say anything to your face in person. Yeah. But I think it was actually like pretty respectful that he didn't ever like show off his his normal life. Really didn't give too many details about where he lived, and members of his family. So yeah, he kept that all very, very yeah, hidden. Yeah, definitely. I guess what you know as he started he told you about zero hoots and he kind of told you about what was going on like i'm in this something that you know has been changing a lot like what does zero hoots like mean to you and what do you think it means
1: to me it means just living my truth and following my path and not letting other people get in the way of me following what my what my goals are in life and not thinking that, yeah, not doing something for what people are gonna think about it, doing it because I feel like it resonates with who I am and it's what I like doing and all of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good.
1: Yeah, like recently, you know, I, I graduated nursing school and I do wanna be a nurse, but I also really wanna teach yoga so yeah tell us more
0: about that what's um how does your hoots connect to that
1: um well also i'm just stuff like I'm i'm taking a break right now after nursing school and almost and i'm nannying and kind of taking things slow and i'm like one of the like yesterday i went on a facebook post from people in my cohort and everyone's like someone's like where are people working? And everyone was posting, like, oh, I'm at this place, I'm at that place. And it goes through my mind, oh, I don't have a job yet. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. I feel kind of bad about it. Like, why am I the last one? What's something wrong with me, what I'm doing? And then I remember, no, I'm, I'm, my path is totally okay. And I, I'm happy with where I'm at. And yeah, and that I, I can't, I totally, and sometimes in nursing, even there's a lot of there's like glory with working with really hurt patients like in the intensive care unit or in mm-hmm. the ER, which I like the ER, but places the mo- more sick patients. And sometimes I just want to work in a clinic and some people, or do home health, people are like, oh, that's not a real nursing mm-hmm. and just being able to look at them and just look at myself and say, I'm doing what I want to do and that's all that matters.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, why do you like why do you think that message is so powerful and it resonates with so many people? Because
1: I think we're constantly exposed to people trying to quantify our worth and a lot of times those people are the people that don't feel good about themselves, so they try to control and make other people feel bad about themselves and just a lot of pressure to do things that will make money and will be I don't know maybe like a very stable thing and a lot of times those things end up being mundane and or just people get a lot of times when you're younger anything that makes you different people make fun of you for it, like I have a birthmark on my arm. I remember people in middle school making fun of me, and I just cared so much. I wore my jacket almost every day in middle school, even though it was California and it was warm because someone told me it looks like chocolate, and everyone laughed at me and I cared yeah about that and at the end of the day we should celebrate what makes us different.
0: yeah, definitely it's funny too like that the people who are. I heard this quote yesterday: The people that are happy with their own lives mm-hmm. are able to be happy with other people's lives too. Yeah, you know, and it's like when you start like judging people or making fun of other people for their life and their lifestyle and their choices, mm-hmm. it's probably because at the end of the day, you're not happy with your own life. Definitely. So
1: makes you feel better from bringing down them.
0: Yeah. So. You know, it it shows that Ryan must have really liked what he was doing and must have been really happy with the life he was living because he was, like, the last person to ever judge any of the ZHG. He was always there to help him and he was always supportive.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: Yeah, besides, like, the the chocolate arm moment, can you think of any other times in your life where you were given some hoots and um, something like Zero Hoots helped you get through it or Or even if you didn't know about Zero Hoots at the time, like maybe it subconsciously helped you get through it?
1: There's stuff every day where I just say Zero Hoots. Um, It's hard to even think of exact ones. Like even today, going for an interview and being nervous and then just being like, Zero Hoots, I'm going to be me if they don't like me. It's not the place where I want to be. Or...
0: that's the the outcome that happens is going to be what's going to happen and Mm -hmm. you can't control that you just got to do the best you can with what you have to you know to
1: yeah a lot of times it's better like that story you shared and something i've been doing is yeah i say this mantra this or something better now manifests for me in fully satisfying and harmonious ways for the greatest good of all concerned oh wow yeah i like that shakti Gaur.
0: Quote. How do you, uh, where do you hear that?
1: It's a book I read about manifest manifesting things. What's it called? Visual, creative visualizations. Nice. So you manifest, you like think about what you want in this world and you meditate for some time and then you really visualize it. And then at the end you say that, accepting that sometimes you don't always know what's best for you. Mm-hmm and that you're open to something better coming along that might not make sense at first but Hmm. it's more it's better
0: did yeah did something was it like did the nursing stuff like trying to get a job kind of start like make you want to look at that or i guess what like what led you into like wanting to read that book or did you hear from a friend or how did that come up
1: my friend michaela her grandmother passed away recently and they were going through her her books and because she was in Australia and my friend was living there and she found that book and read it and then told me about it and then I read it. Nice. And that's been I just like that mantra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Say, you say it one more time just so we can...
1: Yeah. This or something better now manifests for me in fully satisfying and harmonious ways for the greatest good of all concerned. I like it hmm yeah yeah
0: yeah it's similar to how like i feel right now about quitting my job going on this tour filming a documentary meeting the zhg recording podcasts taking footage trying to create this idea of what zero hoots means and also you know bring the truth to light about you know why Ryan created Three Pac, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing. I, I, I have an idea, but it's almost like I have to let go and just be vulnerable and let it happen. Because if I try to control it too much, or if I try to shape it too much, it's not going to be as genuine au- and authentic than if I just yeah you know, let it harmoniously happen and yeah in tune with nature and
1: uh uh-huh. So
0: it's hard though because I want to make it. I want to. I want it to sound a certain way. I want it to hit a certain few topics. Um, yeah. And it will, but i got to like make sure I'm very open to it, steering in any direction that needs to steer.
1: Yeah. Definitely, it's hard to let go, though. Yeah. Let go of that control of that vision that you want. Letting it just become... It's almost like at that point, you're not... You aren't making it. Something else is flowing through you to create it, but it's something bigger than you that's flowing through you to create it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When you try to control it, you block that...
0: Yeah. I guess yeah, I'm just trying to open up the channel so I can capture it. I can capture all of the the information, all of the, the messages, all of the you know, the the faces, the sounds, and then see how that manifests into something.
1: Yeah, create the space for people to share their experience and create new experiences. Straight up son. Yeah, do you have any questions <laughs> for me about what
0: I'm doing or what what's going on with the the zero hoots or
1: um have there been any moment? have you had any moments since Ryan passed away where you've just felt his spirit so like you just feel him in the room or you just feel him somewhere.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um what was it? Well yesterday I was at the I was in Slow and I went to one of his venue where you performed at this house called 2007 and it was just like a small dingy little house with like two bedrooms and like (laughs) a super small little living room with little tiny windows and a drum set and some speakers and um Big Mac one of his friends walked me through the whole experience with him showing up and performing and how the room was packed and how rich and white man Mark Cuban was playing and everybody was jumping around and (laughs) it just made me like it got like gave me chills to think that like he was in there performing yeah. It was almost like I was in, like, a museum or, like, a historical, like, you know, ancient site. relic site. It yeah. was <laughs> great. It was weird. It was, like, a really, like, it was like I was able to, like, transcend time and, like, put myself back into that moment and then yeah. revisit the present and then also, like, feel his energy right there. And um, that was pretty crazy. So that was one. And then another time in Huntington, we just finished lunch with um, a few ZHG members. It was Shane, Will, and Juan. Jordan and I, Nala was there too, we went to Duke's and ate some food and chatted about Zero for a while. And then um on the way back, Will realized he didn't pay for parking and we were like, Oh shoot, it's gonna be like a forty dollar ticket. He didn't pay for parking. This is bad. And um we walked out to his car and then like there's no parking ticket and then like he looked up at the sun, he's like three pock three pockets looking down at us, like there's wow. a sun up there, like he's he's looking out, he has our back. Nice. And um, it all worked out and that was another moment where I felt like he kind of was like a guardian angel in that one but yeah I mean, really throughout this whole journey I really feel just by you know understanding Zero Hoots talking about it he's like definitely closer than he's ever been these past couple of years he's passed away because yeah. like I'm really taking time to understand his message understand what he was doing and realize like how much positivity support um, there's so much good just in his message and how much it healed ZHG so yeah I mean yeah I think it's constant I think it's I think it's great I think um you know I'm even some weird ways closer to him right now than I was a few months before he passed away yeah uh, so it's uh it's all energy in his spirit and might not be physical but I think he's definitely here yeah you know
1: well energy can't be created or destroyed so yeah it's still there
0: Tell me tell me more about that because I like that I like that idea
1: well the physics of it like if it's like a law of physics that energy can't be created or destroyed it just changes forms and moves on so just he's not he's no longer his spirits no longer in his body but it goes to other places it's mm-hmm. maybe in through other people, through living the mantra, through I've seen like a hum- like a bird before and felt his spirit, or mm-hmm. lots of lots of things, you know. Because yeah. you always say we're all one under the sun, sun. So if we're all one, then
0: we're all connected. Yeah,
1: we're all connected, and the energy's everywhere. So just because his physical body's not here, doesn't mean. It's gone. His physical body, like his, his physical, his energy is in all of us because we're all connected.
0: Mhm. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I, f- I felt, I did a sound bath one time where, you. There's like Tibetan sound bowls and someone playing the flute and drums and all these different things, and I just told myself, to follow the note like follow the sound and the vibrations and that's like when i felt the closest to ryan where i was just getting pulled deep into all the sounds and vibrations and i feel like it pulled me to him
0: what kind of sounds were they like deep deep sounds or like
1: like when they take a through it in sound bowl you know they hit it and they
0: yeah in yeah, the yeah. where was that
1: it was in seattle washington kate ryan does it they're amazing nice. and um it's in a yoga class and then the last part of it well it has sound healing during it and then the last part you lay there and you do more sound healing
0: yeah when you, when you said like you felt close to Ryan during that point like can you describe that a little more like what do you mean you felt close to him like what what does that mean exactly
1: I just felt like the sound the vibration is like you feel them in your body they like feel them like your chest is vibrating because they're just going through the room and I felt like my eyes were closed and I was just being like almost like pulled out of my body and his energy is was like I don't know like it was just like hugging me almost like pulling me to the universal energy of connectedness where where it was I don't know how to describe it it's hard
0: yeah like did you feel like he was like standing next to you? Do you feel like he was just in the room? Did you feel like he was, like, touching you? Like, or was he just was it just like you felt like, an aura or like, I, or, like what you know how? Like, what do you? I
1: felt him like in the vibrations really? of the of the music. Like in the vibrations were like vibrating my body, and I felt like it was just. Cause like Ryan, I don't know, Ryan would say we're all we're all one. So if in our highest form of self, we're able to look past being connected and all be one then I don't know it's getting deep right now (laughs) yeah I like it I like it like if I close my eyes think about it yeah if at at our highest so okay so in yoga you talk about how we are all a divine source a divine light Mm -hmm. and that the human conditioning separates us And that you tell all these stories of this is who I am, that's who you are, and that takes away from your true self, your divine light. And so Ryan was saying we're all one, so he was trying to get people to feel that divine light. So I feel like the sounds were pulling me towards myself and everything being the divine light. So I felt like it was pulling me closer to Ryan, the energy that he returned to when he left his body.
0: Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah.
1: And also another time I I felt his energy was it was around 40 days after he passed away and I had a dream and we all went, we went to a, like a festival, our family, me, you, mom, dad, Ryan. And Ryan was like his 3 pack character just being ridiculous, all festival, like jumped, like I like, don't think he like got on stage one time and like, yeah, yeah. and just being, was like funny 3 pock self. And at the end of the, at the end of the, concert me you mom and dad walked in one direction and ryan walked in the other direction and then i was like wait ryan and he was like what and then i ran up and i gave him a hug and i said bye and i hugged him in my dream and i felt it felt so real like hugging him in real life whoa it's crazy
0: that's really intense. crazy
1: and it was like the first 30 something days after he passed away was just like horrible not one moment of acceptance not one moment of any sort of peace nothing and it was like I finally felt like there's like one day where I felt like a little bit of okay for a little bit and -hmm. then I had that dream finally and that was crazy wow yeah
0: that's pretty crazy it
1: was crazy yeah
0: I've had a lot of dreams um I've had like really good dreams like once he was like we were hanging out, and then, like, he hugged me and, like, was crying and tell me, telling me how happy he was that wow. I was carrying on zero hoots. Whoa,
1: what was that? That was
0: really intense. That was, like, that was um probably, like, six months ago. Whoa. But then I also had another dream intense. where, like, we were hanging out, like, in Newport or something, and he was at my house, and we were hanging out. And then I remember that he was, like, he had passed away, and I was like, wait, but, like, Ryan, like, like you passed away. And then all of a sudden his like face turned into like a zombie monster Whoa. and like, like looked like he was going to like eat my face off. That's and then, crazy. And then I woke up. That was really intense.
1: That's super intense. And then
0: a few other ones were just like pretty normal life. And I just don't even, um, I don't even remember that he's, that he's passed away. Uh-huh. But like there are two times, like once I, I realized he passed away and I said goodbye to him, I hugged him and he was crying and I was really happy. And the other time where it was just, like, got really scary.
1: Wow.
0: So I don't know what that one's from or what yeah, that Yeah, seriously.
1: About. It's intense. Yeah. Yeah, I've had I've had some.
0: Yeah, do you remember, more like... More scary ones, too. Like, I mean, we haven't talked about this too much, but, like, when he was... Uh, when he went into a coma and he went underwater and he um, was in the hospital and, like, being there with him and we took him off life support intense
1: that
0: was. That was so intense. Yeah. Yeah. That was insane. I mean, I just remember like all of us like you know holding his hand, hugging him. But like the most intense part for me was when uh they finally like just, you know, we had to let him go and they they stopped the uh the respirator for the breathing. Yeah and then we were just kind of holding his hand and, like, feeling his heart, like, slowly stop, and then...
1: Yeah, I had my hand on one of his arteries, so I could feel his pulse.
0: Yeah, and then, um, like, the moment he, like, his heart stopped, how, like, it's almost like you could feel, like, this energy just, like, lift out of him into, like, space. That's kind of the way I felt. It was, like, he was finally, like, at rest physically, and, like, his body, like, floated out of him. Mm -hmm. and like lifted above us and then it was like then it was like a weird feeling of like peace like rest and like he had like transcended into this next dimension Uh uh-huh and like because yeah i kind of felt like when he was still his heart was still beating and he was on the respirator he was almost like struggling to hold on struggling to hold on but like we knew he was brain dead and there was nothing left Mm -hmm. you know and it was just like but he was still just barely, like, holding on with, like, his last finger, mm-hmm. and then when, like, it stopped, he was, like it, it, like, it finally looked like he had, like, it felt peaceful in a weird yeah. way. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I, I felt like when his body was on the life support, I felt like it was half, I felt, I felt some of his energy there, like, I'd put my ear over his heart and hug him, and I'd hear his heart beat and feel him breathing, and, like, it would feel real, And sometimes it felt like already a little bit of him had left, and that I could feel like energy from the ventilator and all of that. That was like Mm -hmm. causing it to, his heart, causing the air to breathe and causing his heart to beat. I think the heartbeat to me is where I felt the most energy, not in the breath. And it did feel like very peaceful. It did feel. It was overwhelming, for sure, and just being in that room together, as a family, and with John and yeah. moment I'll never forget. And just I think one of the harder and it was really hard to say bye to his physical body, like to walk out of the room that he was in, and know that you're never gonna see him mm-hmm. in that form ever again.
0: Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah.
1: That was crazy. And I remember I was in the backyard writing a poem, trying to think of what I was going to say at his memorial, and I saw a bird chirping on the bush over there, and I just like let, I felt like something was just flowing through me, and I just wrote a poem, and I wrote it, this whole poem in like 10 minutes, and that was really cool after he passed away the you to be you said able at the do. memorial uh huh yeah to be able to let that just I, f- I felt like he helped me write it
0: mhm yeah 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 that's kind of how I felt when I went back to um Santa Barbara and I was there and I was kind of just like in a weird haze like pretty much shock still didn't really didn't really soak in for a long time but I was just like I got in the, in the lab, in the beat lab, and just started, like, freestyling and, like, letting out all this crazy emotion, and it was just, like, so hard and so painful, but, like, it felt, it, like, it felt like he was flowing through me. Yeah. That's, what, like, I made that, the Our Father song, which is, like, kind that of That song's nice, so good. Kind of gnarly. It's kind like, of a slapper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like,
1: bit, I like a blast of that before in the car. And yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that was, um.
1: Yeah, it's crazy having those moments crazy but yeah the life support all of that and saying bye to him was definitely a an intense intense moment yeah mm-hmm.
0: so yeah it's I'm glad we talked about that though because I hadn't really hadn't had a chance to like even explain that feeling yeah
1: and really we haven't even talked about it that much as a family yeah Yeah.
0: just been kind of... He
1: he kind of, like... do, Do you remember he kind of had, like, slight... The tiniest bit of...
0: Yeah. Movements? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which, and then...
0: What is that from?
1: Do you remember that, though? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's from... Well, I think the brain is... The brain is unable to unable to control things anymore like so your body has to function at a very defined level like your you know your temperature has to be between this this and like between 98 and 99 to feel good your respiratory rate has to be between 12 and should be between 12 and 20 it's this, this and that if your oxygen and your carbon dioxide levels have to be at a very small point and when your brain is dead it can't the operating centers in your brain can no longer control things so i think yeah he still had energy in his body but the control it's like it's like a broken control system mm-hmm. it can't work in functioning ways but it still has that energy yeah so i think it was just uh getting like wiggle like just like kind of like not Think about a TV like staticky or like a tape recorder making like scratching or something like that. It was mm-hmm. him just kind of like moving, not in a coherent way. Yeah. And then he wasn't able to take, you know, he couldn't he couldn't live on his own and. Yeah. And that was it.
0: Yeah. How was it going back to like, because you're nursing school at the time. How was it going back and like working in clinics and stuff and doing all that? it
1: well, was the worst thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, being in the hospital after that, that sounds Yeah, and I missed, horrible. like,
1: 10 days of school. I had so much makeup work. I, like, mom called... Well, first, mom called me on the rooftop and was, like... She told me what happened the day before, and then she called me the next day and was, like, can you come home right now? There's, like, a flight in an hour and 45 minutes. Can you catch that? And I was on the rooftop of my apartment, and I called the lift, and then while the lift was on its way, I ran down to the apartment, grabbed a toothbrush my backpack, and, like pajama pants and went home and was with him on life support for a few days and then he was taken off of it at the memorial and then we had a like a something and then the very next day I flew back to school and had to go back to school and I just could That's not so I couldn't intense. yeah I flew back the day after the memorial with a week and a half of makeup work miss clinical days and I had to like go into a hospital and work or I was in a nursing home at this point actually I had to go into a nursing home and work with patients and I just I remember taking this old man's blood pressure and I started sobbing and he was like, Are you okay? Really? <laughs> and I was like, No And I told him my brother just passed away and I just Yeah. It was horrible. Jeez. I did I had I've had to do simulations where I take patients off I've had to like yeah to do simulations where they, like patients pass away and I'm like interacting with the family and
0: really, how is that or just been? with being
1: with parents who have sick kids? And it's hard, it's just before I'd walk into the hospital and I don't know how you feel at a hospital, but I'd walk into a hospital and just be flooded with memories of everything.
0: Yeah, have you been able to like work through those memories or do you still feel them?
1: Yeah, what I did is I like someone told me to rewire my brain instead of seeing those things like the ventilator and people in comas and seeing them and thinking about Ryan and getting all sad, instead think about it as, wow, how lucky am I that I had those few days with Ryan to sit with him and feel his heartbeat and like talk to him and that was lucky compared to people who might lose someone in them motor vehicle accident never see them so just to re- rewire my brain to be thankful and that it was like an extended re- extended process yeah yeah so I did that and that helped a lot
0: yeah and
1: then just I know like how to talk to a family now who has someone like that because I know what
0: yeah
1: what was good what I enjoyed people saying to me and not
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy but it took
1: some working through for sure yeah, and good friends. And when I came back into my apartment, and my friends just like, were in all, were there for me, and they, had cooked like a really good pasta dinner, and we just talked. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of a lot of support.
0: Yeah. They, I, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Well, after after he passed away, I like couldn't even go to yoga for a while because, I felt like it was like too intense, like. Mm-hmm. All my emotions just, like, flooded me when I'd be on my mat. Or, like, the teachers would be like, think about something you're grateful for. And I'd be like, like, you, like what are you saying? Like, I, my brother just died. I can't think of anything I'm grateful for. And I'd just be, like, mad at every teacher. Mm-hmm. Or
0: just angry. It's
1: so, ang- so angry. So angry.
0: Yeah. It's tough, too, when, like, you feel like nobody really gets it. Yeah. And then it's just, like
1: feeling yeah i wanted to be surrounded by people that knew ryan i feel like mm-hmm. like that was really comforting and my friends in seattle a lot of them um hadn't met him so like they're still super supportive but sometimes i just missed maybe someone who knew hadn't known ryan yeah that was nice yeah or had been at the memorial and like Time helps. And I'm just trying to do what I want to do.
0: Just gotta give, just gotta zero, give zero,
1: zero hoots. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. That's the best way. I mean. Yeah. It's crazy that the the message he came up with and invented is the same message we can use to heal ourselves and to heal each other. Yeah. Which is like kind of it's like weirdly like I don't know if ironic's the best word, but it's just like. It's kind of strange.
1: Yeah. It is.
0: But yeah, I mean, I'm happier now. It's your birthday. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it's, uh, it's crazy. So yeah, everyone who's listening, um, Julia has the same birthday as Ryan. So today's also his uh, birthday. He would be 26, 27. Or 27 right now. And uh, i Julia is 23.
1: He thought I was his birthday present.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, you know, just keep keep living, keep pressing on.
1: Yep. Falling.
0: We know he's looking down himself. right now. Um, but I'm sure he's more happy than ever that we had this conversation and yeah. talked about it. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, do you have anything else you want to say before we sign off here? And
1: I think I said it all. What about you? What about no, I you? I feel good. Time for some rosé. Time for some rosé. <laughs> 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 uh, birthday rosé. We're in some birthday rosé. It's like seventy something degrees right now. Yep. Time to celebrate.
0: Yep. So everyone, thanks for tuning in here. <laughs> Zero Hoods podcast. You got Julia, Ryan's sister, and. Willie J signing off keep giving zero hoots and um keep following the journey yep and uh we'll talk to you guys soon have a good one peace